Dear Postgrad Kenta, just trust that every single thing that you're gonna be doing in your life, whether you feel like it's the right decision or people are telling you that it's the wrong decision, uh, just go and just do the damn thing. Listen to yourself. You're the best tool that you have. Just sit with yourself and really feel out what feels like the direction that you want to go for, and just just do it because the best way to know is to do. And you have full permission to just go fuck up, fuck shit up, and make shit happen um, because everything's gonna work out no matter what. And that's the only way to learn and live and just keep pursuing your best life. Hey guys, welcome back to Dear Postgrad. I'm your host today, Vicky Wynn, and we have Kenta Nawi joining us. He is a multidisciplinary business designer and coach, and he is also the founder of MDR. Hey Kenta, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, as good as we can be during quarantine. Um, how have you been feeling during this time? I've been feeling well. I live in, in Berlin, so I think kind of the intake of what's happening is a, is a little bit different from what's going on in the U.S., so... You know, just trying to be really mindful and still be very intentional about how I'm living my life. But yeah, I mean, things have definitely changed, right? So yeah. just kind of adapting, adapting with the times, I guess. Yeah, I feel like things are always moving at a fast pace. And during this time, everyone is forced to kind of slow down a little bit. And I really like that you already mentioned being intentional because that's something that I realized during quarantine I'm also trying to do too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really forced people to take a step back and kind of check in with themselves, right? Because you're also having to be uh, so isolated and, and your everyday patterns have been so disrupted. So it really makes you take a moment and have to consider how you're kind of operating as a human being and even more kind of sit with yourself and sometimes sit with your discomfort and think about what that means and how to move forward. Before we actually get into the interview, I would love if, you would do some breathing with me. Yeah. Something something that getting grounded likes to do is we we typically start with some type of meditation or breath work or just kind of breathing to center ourselves. And then we check in with how we're feeling, things that we want to celebrate, things that we want to acknowledge we worked through for the week. Are you down to do that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and close our eyes and take some deep breaths. Are you familiar with uh, boxed breathing? No, you'll have to lead me through it. Okay. So you're going to take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it for two, three seconds. Keep it there. Breathe out. Keep it for three seconds. One, two, three. In. Hold. Two, three. Out. Two, three. In. Two, three, out. Hold, two, three, in. Hold, two, three, out. All right, breathe.
bring your attention back, open your eyes, and welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So in this moment, how are you feeling? I'm feeling grateful. It feels like such a cliche to say, but it's 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 really nice to hear from you and to be considered for this. Sounds like a really great project. I think a lot of the the why in terms of what I do is so much about wanting to have a positive impact on my community. So of course it just feels even just for my ego, it feels really great to to have somebody kind of see that and and want to to kind of talk with me about what's going on and and just who I am and what I do and and be able to kind of continue to spread the the love, so to speak. So I feel really grateful to to be speaking here with you. I also feel quite uh, kind of relaxed and, and, and chill out. I used to live in New York and uh, kind of having since moved out of New York in general, my demeanor, my pace of life has slowed down. Right now I'm in Copenhagen. So even more, I feel really kind of chilled out. So I feel grateful. I feel I feel kind of at peace. And, you know, I'll be honest, there's a little bit of kind of nervousness, mm-hmm. but that's that's just kind of the... The nature of, of wanting to make sure, you know, my, my ego is, is, is wanting to make sure I'm portraying myself as true as possible without being too performative or, you know, as authentic as possible. I totally get that. It's always hard to try not to overthink when you want to give people a genuine, authentic version of yourself. But at the same right. time, you're worried about, oh, like, what about first impressions? Or they're only seeing this really minute part of me from such a yeah. whole big three-dimensional person that you are. And that could be really tough. Of course, there are things that we all go through, things that are positive, the highs and lows of the week. Is there anything that you want to celebrate this week that you've done and you're super up about it? Anything you want to acknowledge that you worked through? I think right now, I think a big win that I can look back in a week from now, of course, is again, not to keep sharing about how grateful I am to be on this the space with you in this podcast, but I think this is a win for me to have this opportunity to speak with you. I've had a couple wins with my clients. I think last week was quite big because two of my clients have gotten their first clients, which is wow. which is really huge because of a couple things. Is one that even though I have this intensive background, having built my own creative practice in my design studio and having done that, it is a bit of a newer thing for me to kind of put on the the coaching hat on and helping other people get their first clients and things like that. So one, for my own sake, it was, it was just kind of a nice validator. And then two, first clients are such a big deal because that's the moment that people start to shift from, oh, wow, I'm never going to get work doing what I love to, oh, okay, this is actually possible. I can get paid doing things that I care about. And that's what I help people do is make that shift. So that that was really big. And there were just a couple business decisions that I needed to make that felt quite scary. And I was really happy the way I handled those conversations and just generally really good vibes all around with some of the things that felt a little bit scary. I think anytime we embark on something so big or make any types of leaps, it's always going to be scary. So for you, do you mind walking our listeners through what you did after high school and when you finished up school, your thoughts on that, where you went. I know you have a huge long story that you've shared with me before, and now you (laughs) have even more changes having moved to Germany. 
which I'm also really interested to hear like the change of pace that you talked about too and culture shifts and stuff. So wherever you want to start from, (laughs) from your adolescence and up. uh, Okay. For the sake of kind of not talking too much and and trying to keep it concise and thinking about your listeners being post-grads or people who are just graduating. I, let's see so much has happened. I feel like, well, my, my wife, my partner, she always jokes that she feels like I've lived like so many different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always, people have told me that in the past. And, and I share that because it's always been such a bit of a ego booster for me. I kind of pride myself on the ability to just have an idea and take a chance on myself. Ever since high school, I always felt a bit like an outcast, especially wanting to be so creative and being an Asian American. Mm -hmm. I just didn't really care so much about the grades and I wanted to be creative and I wanted to to kind of share this human experience and what is it. And I wanted to do that through arts and, you know, all of that. So I always kind of felt a bit of an outcast. And at the same time, I was always really entrepreneurial. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that came from this narrative that you can't do what you want to do. Like there's a set path to success and you have to follow that. Right. Right. And again, especially being an Asian American, it was like, get good grades, go to a great college, you know, major in something that'll make you into a doctor or a lawyer or Mm -hmm. a high paid consultant or something. And then after college, go intern and then go do that. The reason why I share kind of the high school part was just kind of giving you the context, giving listeners a context of one, I was really creative. I wanted to do arts and creative work and two, kind of always feeling a bit like an outcast. Like I didn't want to do the prescribed version of success and that leading me to having a bit of a self-starter entrepreneurial mentality because I have a bit of this mindset of like, well, if you tell me no, then I want to do it even more. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how I came out of high school. And then throughout college, I was already trying to build different blogs and businesses. And just like when I was in high school, or I guess when we were in high school, that was when Facebook was starting and YouTube and Instagram. And there was no concept of being an influencer and entrepreneurialism isn't nearly as cool as what it is now with Gary Vee and all these people of yeah. being entrepreneurial influencers. And for me, it was just like, I, w- I only had a handful of people in my community to look up to in terms of creative entrepreneurial type of people. And I was like, I want to make a platform that honors those individuals in the same way that I've kind of seen you do mm-hmm. since you graduated where you're like going out and seeking people that kind of represents the kind of work or lifestyle that you find important and that you want to spread. And so I kind of did the same thing, actually. I had a website called Creators Unlock and I had a brand through that. And Mm -hmm. I would throw these like events just to give platform to friends to do shows and speak and do poetry slams or whatever. Yeah. And out of college, I decided to just kind of continue that. I think this is important to say is in college, I was building Creators Unlocked and I was trying to finish as fast as possible. So like for me, the narrative was like, you're not going to graduate in four years. People kept telling me like, it's so impacted. There's no classes. You're going to graduate in five, six, five years is average now. And I was like, no, I'm (laughs) entrepreneurial. I want to get out of college. I don't even want to be here. I can't tell you the amount of times I try to drop out of college. Just like at every turn, it was like so hard to stay in school for me because I want to just go off and build my own business. I was like, why am I here? So I graduated in like three and a half years, three years, just took summer classes, everything just to get through. And I always thought that I knew exactly what I was going to do. I thought I was just going to go and build this business and kind of like be this cool, hotshot, young, creative success story. 
And when I graduated, that was not the case. When I graduated, all of a sudden it dawned on me. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I mean, I kind of knew I was building on Creators Unlocked, but I just never got to like do these cool international exchanges and stuff and all this stuff I wanted to do in college. I just, I didn't do because I just was so focused on finishing. Mm -hmm. And so for college, I bought a one-way ticket up to Tacoma in Washington, right next to Seattle to just go visit my friend with a guitar and I thought I was going to be an illustrator and I thought I was going to play music on the street and make some money and kind of try to find myself and really decide what I wanted to do with my life moving forward. And all the while I was building this Creators Unlock website and blogging basically. And I found myself in funny situations. I actually ended up working out of a co-working space, which I didn't realize was running an incubator program for startups. Mm. And I was having lunch with them without realizing that it was an incubator cohort and they were doing a stand-up meeting. And I joined. I joined because I just thought that they were just doing a meeting, like a stand-up meeting. I just thought that's what they were doing as a yeah. co-working space. But I didn't realize it was like a like a thing. But you know, they were very sweet. They didn't say anything. So I was just there kind of pitching my, my startup of the time, which was Creators Unlocked that was really great and just really kind of solidified that I want to kind of go out and build my own thing. And so I eventually came back to Fremont to live with my mom and I went to an art gallery and ended up talking to the owners and got along with them and kind of more or less, I used the word convinced them to, but like through conversation, they brought me on and they just gave me free reign. Like they're like, go and do whatever you want with this gallery within what, what they're working on. And so I gutted the space and with my friends and I turned it into a like an a co-working gallery space because I was always interested in building communities. Mm-hmm. That was my first job was working for this small gallery called Big Umbrella Studios off of Divestorero in San Francisco. So I moved back to San Francisco and I was doing that for a little bit and just basically getting paid nothing. But you know, they gave me kind of the freedom to do whatever I wanted with it. So I threw events and had my own shows and got to learn from them how to run a gallery, got to basically manage the space and build out a co-working service there. So that was like my first like year, year and a half. And then through that process, I, Creators Unlock kind of shifted into a magazine project called Invitation Annual. Mm-hmm. And I brought my friend, Elijah. We were really, really good, good friends at the time. And I wanted to work with him and I thought he was awesome. And we kind of came together and basically collaborated on on launching this magazine called Invitation Annual. So it kind of was like kind of taking what he wanted to do and kind of taking what I was doing with Creators Unlocked and bringing it together and using the resources we had in, at hand at the gallery to kind of launch this magazine and, and essentially become a media company. We were print media in 2013 or 14 or something. So we didn't really know what we were doing. We, we were doing our best and there's like no money in it. So we were also kind of trying to launch a creative agency out of it. And that's what I thought I wanted to do with my life was kind of be this cool media publishing business owner, creative agency owner. And that was really awesome. That was kind of the next chapter after graduation was running that magazine mm-hmm. that really actually led to fun opportunities, maybe not monetary, but like just getting to meet people and be a publisher and build a community. We had contributors from all over the world. We had like features and stockists kind of like in the Bay, but also like in Chicago and in Seattle and New York. And from there I went to, I went to uh, New York city. I always wanted to move to New York city. I actually wanted to move to Europe but New York was, was easier. 
So um, that magazine took us to to New York City, and we lived with our another friend who we had brought on as a third business partner at that time. He was relocated to New York, and so we all kind of uh, for our sake, I guess. And so we all moved there together, and we lived on his couch. I think for better or for worse, trying to build this media company group because we were launching other blogs and then also this creative agency. And I remember taking a meeting with somebody that I think our third business partner um, and my, and still my friend Evan set up with somebody he knew who they had a creative agency that was doing quite well. And they just said, welcome to New York. If you can figure out how to take your pipe and put it into connect it to the New York city pipe, you'll do really well here and make a lot of money. And I remember that because we were so broke and, you know, we were trying to just, everything was just like, we were trying to build it and do our best. But, you know, you got to keep in mind, we were 21, 22 and, you know, we didn't even have Squarespace. I I don't think at the time, maybe, maybe Squarespace was actually around then, but just kind of keep in mind the amount of technology that's available now to build a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine doing a podcast in 2014, you know, I mean, we, we wouldn't have to be doing it like this. And I think there wasn't as much permission for kids to just go out, go out and just be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to make cool shit happen with my friends, you know? And that was kind of my motto at that time was do cool shit with friends. Elijah and I actually did a TEDx talk in San Diego at UCSD. I think that was basically called do cool shit with friends. Gosh, I feel like I'm talking so much, but just so much has happened. I wrap it up here, but that's like, that's the first like two, three years. Yeah. From there, basically, you know, I moved to Brooklyn with Elijah and things started to kind of part ways and pull apart and Evan kind of parted out of our, our company and we weren't really making any money and it was just hard and we were trying to build and we were just kind of learning as we go, which is how it is naturally. But I was like going into debt because I didn't really have the ability to pay for rent. So I had to go and get a startup job. And that was like my first big boy job. We had clients, but it just wasn't enough. I worked for an art startup. I was really happy I did that because my parents would always be like, go work for somebody, go work for somebody, go get that experience. So I'm happy that I did that even for the short amount that I did for six months. I was just basically there to help them launch their MVP and was kind of their point creative person. And it was an interesting company. If anything, it just kind of helped solidify how entrepreneurial I am and just like was so grateful that like, great, I did that. I got to work for somebody. I made good money and then I paid off my debt through that process and got to see a startup launch and I left. And then from there, I just entered into the next five, six years until where I am now, which is from there officially being by myself and being like, let me figure out how to be a freelancer and a creative designer and consultant. And I had all sorts of names for myself, but basically I did that, but in different, different variations. I started an agency with a friend and we took that business from zero to six figures in like eight to 10 months. And that was a really great experience for me because it helped me realize that the childhood dream of wanting to run an agency wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do anymore. I also decided I don't want to really have a creative media publishing company in the way that I thought I wanted, but it helped me understand that it wasn't because I couldn't make money off of it that I didn't Mm want to do it anymore. It was just simply that I wanted to change of pace and yeah. Okay. Anyways. And then, <laughs> and then I kind of went off and had, had some other people take a chance on me and just built my own studio from there. And that's pretty much what I did in Europe, which is run my studio. I love what you were talking about with how you realize that yes, you can successfully make money off of these different 
projects and different avenues of jobs that you tried. And then you realize that it wasn't for you for so many other reasons. It makes me think about how you were in high school going into college. You told yourself, I want to be a creative entrepreneur. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. And so I'm kind of wondering how your values changed at each step of the way as you realized, I want to be a creative entrepreneur. Now I want to go work at a gallery. I want to move. I want to build a media company. So how do you think your values change in each way that made you realize that that particular job wasn't for you until you got yourself to where you are now? That's a, that's an interesting question. Cause of course it's so abstract. It's hard for me to like pinpoint and think back to, I just kind of can look back and try to reflect as best as possible. So the question is, what are the values that have that have changed? Yeah, some values that have remained true, some values yeah. that have evolved and maybe gained more importance, less importance to you, or just things that you realize you actually don't value and don't yeah. have the happiness you thought it would. Maybe I can speak more broadly because it's hard to kind of pinpoint like exactly what value shifted. Oh, but for sure. I think I'll start with what hasn't changed. So I've always wanted to make a difference in the world through whatever work I did. Mm-hmm. It was always has been about impact. I, w- I really recognize the privileges that I have growing up, being, you know, f- coming from a suburban middle income family and everything I was afforded because of that. And so even in, in high school, I don't know if you remember, but I was part of with um, Shiloh Burden, I was part of starting the Arts and Social Justice Club. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I was just always very much like, I, whatever I, w- I do, I want to utilize the human, innate human creativity to find ways to make other people's lives better. That has not changed to this day. It's about how can I help others just be themselves and experience the human quality of life as best as possible for that person. So I think the nuance has maybe changed since I was in high school. I think it's a little bit more developed now, but I think that innate wanting to like make the world a better place through my work has not changed. I think the value that has changed the most probably, and this is what you touched on and I was going to start with is the financial aspect. Mm. Like, listen, I'm not like some, some millionaire who's like, I've made billions of dollars and and now I know at the, the tip of the top that that money doesn't matter. It, it didn't take me that far. It, it was literally yeah. just kind of being like being in New York city, being in the hustle and the grind and chasing the monetary value, which, which like, it's important. Like we live in this ecosystem of economy and it's important for you to have, have money as a resource to be able to pay for rent and, and to have people value what you bring and things like this. So money is important, but it's just, it's like, I no longer need to be like a bazillionaire, you know, versus Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I was like, my goal was like, I would say my goal, my, my value when I was younger is a lot more what I thought success looked like. Right. So I thought success looked like being invited to talks. I thought success looked like having cool shit, you know, having money, running businesses, right? Like being oh so openly, like, look at me, look at me, look at me, like, look at all the success I have. Right. The hot shot. The hot yeah. shot, you know? Yeah. And so now it's just a little bit more like quieter. It's like, yeah, I care about money. Money is important. Money allows you to help other people as well and yourself. Yeah, of course I want to talk to people and 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 show people that I'm doing well, but it's very different now. Like I want to show people I'm doing well to give others permission to also do well. Mm-hmm. I want to make money so I can give back to my mom and my dad. You know, I want to do well so I can afford my family a good life and my friends a good life. I want to make money so I can invest in your project, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so 
you know, money is just like, I want to make money, but you know, of course it's still, I'm still working to make my first million, but it's just a different kind of reasoning for it. And yeah, I would love to give talks, but it's less of like needing to be on Forbes 30 under 30, which is kind of pretty much too late for me now, but um, more, more just to have the opportunity to kind of spread the message of like, yo, go, go do you. Like you are totally allowed and capable of making money, doing work that's meaningful to you and enjoying the process and pursuing your best life. Do you think your, your previous definition of success being me going to talks, me making money, et cetera. Do you feel like, that definition of success limited you and made you feel like you were doubting yourself or maybe that, you know, imposter syndrome is something that I feel a lot of people who have very high standards for themselves experience. And so I'm wondering, did, did your version of success limit you and feed into those feelings? And has it changed now that your version of success is different now that it's very quiet and very supportive? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think imposter syndrome is something that, you know, I'm going to be honest, like I work with also with a coach and like at every turn when you are pushing your edges, I find that old patterns uh, resurface and we just have to be mindful of them. I'll be transparent in saying that like imposter syndrome still pops up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just have more of the coping mechanisms of of how to navigate them and, and it happens way less, right? To your point, yeah, I think the holding back part resonates with me, right? Because I think it was it was limiting in that I was still kind of chasing somebody else's definition of success. So in that way, I wasn't allowing myself to, and you know, it's something I still struggle with, but even more, I wasn't allowing myself to be fully who I am. I was still trying to be played by somebody else's rule book of what it would look like to be successful. So of course, my decision-making was based on that. But now... Again, you know, I'm still working through a lot of things as well. I'm still a human being. I'm still, you know, I'm still young, but I have, I have my own business coach I work with. I think now, I mean, it's also a lot of experience having now been able to actually make money consistently through different containers of what I do. You know what I mean? So having now built multiple businesses, it's given me kind of this sense of, of confidence that, okay, I can start over from scratch and still be able to make it happen again. Which again, like I've, I've, I started, I decided to officially become a business coach, take what I know how to do and put the label of business coach on. I officially did that, started that um, end of last year. And now it's my full-time job. So in the first three months, I already was booked with clients. I think I have to be honest, like just experience has given me a lot more of confidence. And I think that confidence allows me to not have to like be so grandiose about like trying to prove. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, my actions come from a place of like confidence and like wanting to show people and share with people, not prove my worth to people. And when I was younger, I was trying to prove my worth to people by, by chasing these success metrics. And of course, the decision-making pattern is very different because one is coming from fear and scarcity and other is coming from confidence and abundance and love. So it's a different part of, of, of the spirit that is activated. Confidence, abundance, and love. That's something that I'm wondering, did you always have that? Did you struggle with gaining it? Because I think from personal experience, I'm definitely working through that too, not having a very typical nine to five type of job, trying to create my own pathway and not limit myself to other molds of success as well. And I find that having the confidence in yourself can be really hard. So what was that like when you were building it up? Was it 
Was it tough? Oh, did you have yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> tough. I mean, it's still tough, right? Like again, I keep on saying that I work with a coach just to show people that, like, at every turn of your business, every turn of you investing and in going after your dreams, like you need support. We don't do this alone. I pay for a coach. People don't have to pay for a coach, but like, if you even look at the top CEOs and top performers in sports and business and whatever. People typically have some level of support, usually a coach, but like have a friend group, have, you know, your parents support, you have some, you know, peers or other business besties or whatever you want to call it. So yes, totally. I'm still working on my confidence, you know, because I'm a human being We're human beings. I know some people who are so freaking confident that I'm like, I don't understand what happened to you. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm definitely still seeking it out, but you're right. It has gotten way, way better, right? Like I'm way more confident than when I was 22 and it was really, really hard. I think the biggest thing that I've been able to do myself is just face the fear and move through it because it's such a simple kind of thing of like, yeah, just do it. Like, but I, this is what I tell my clients doing is data. Mm. We can speculate all we want and and then we just fall in trap. We fall into the trap of thinking and then overthinking and nothing ever happens. And then we become so afraid and then we start creating scenarios and then we spiral and we don't act. But the best decision you can make is to act on it because if you do, then you actually know what it's like on the other side. And so for me, like, yes, it's been so, so freaking hard. I mean, when I've been building all these businesses, I mean, so many of my ideas have not worked out. They have quote unquote failed. Mm -hmm. But because I just kept working and doing and doing and doing and doing and just trying, regardless of how scary it is and how much self-loathing there was at some mm -hmm. times and how much wanting to give up there was at some times, just wanting to say, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go back and get a nine to five. But for me, it was just like, oh, like I can't because I, I want to do my own thing. And I know it's so possible. So it was kind of this like, I just did it. And by doing it, I built confidence because all those failures taught me how not to do it. Mm -hmm. And it taught me each time it taught me the nuance of how to do it better to the point where I've been able to go from freelance to starting an agency to creating my own studio, ending all that, moving to a completely different country, shifting my business and literally being able to start it up again in less than three months. That brings a certain kind of confidence. Like it's actual yeah. data that you can look back on. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's like, I know to a certain level that I can make shit happen mm -hmm. for myself and for other people. And that comes confidence because it's not speculation. I just point to my experience. I think that's something that a lot of people who are just finishing up school and going into the real world could be worried about because it's like, oh, if I get a nine to five job, I for sure know I'm getting a paycheck. I know I'm going to get fed. I know I can gain that financial independence possibly from my family and have the freedom to do what I want. But it sounds like the real freedom is actually breaking free from our own doubts about ourselves and actually just utilizing those doubts to do something about it and have that data um, that you talked about and building confidence. Absolutely. I love, I love all of that. Right. Like fear is not something to be afraid of. It's, it's a mechanism that is so necessary in your system. It's part of us as a human being. Fear can kind of be like a stake in the ground. You can basically sit with it. And I'm not saying this is easy again, but it's just like, it's an input. So you can look at it and say, why am I afraid of this? 
And then you can make the decision, do I move into it? Do I move through it or past it? Or maybe, maybe, you know, if I stick my hand in the, in the grinder, then my fingers will, you know, I won't have a hand. So there's like, you know, there's different <laughs> types of fear. There's existential fear, there's physical fear, but, but, you know, fear is just an input and you get to just look at it, sit with it and make a decision based off of that. The more we talk, the more I think about how we need fear just as much as we need happiness and love. And like you mentioned, abundance and everything, because I think it all comes down to being able to embrace everything and recognize that as humans, we need dark and light. We need happy, sad. We need anger, love, passion, etc. When you started embracing all of these things and everything that you started to learn about yourself, how has that attributed to the lifestyle you now live in Germany? It makes me think of this idea of regret, right? Like some people live with so much regret and others don't. And, and I don't really because... I'm so happy in that everything I've gone through is is what's led me to who I am and where I am now. I guess you can say that I've embraced all of those things and have taken that as the experience that I needed to give myself the permission to then go out and make those shifts in my life, like moving out of the country to a place like Berlin, taking a sabbatical year. I basically saved up and then just didn't work for a year and tried to do YouTube and be a YouTuber and sat with myself and asked myself, like, what is it that I really want to do? You know, because as much as I love the design work and studio work, there just was something that felt like was missing. I think this is something really quite important to think about is like, whenever you're starting your new business or you're starting to do something new in your life, I guess I talk about it in the context of business because that's kind of what I like to talk about and focus on. But mm-hmm. whenever you are giving yourself the permission to go all in on your dreams, remember that like every part of you gets to come into that. That's what makes you so fucking unique and powerful in what you do. I can only be a business coach and go from nothing to you know having a business in three months with paid clients only because I have this extensive experience of having run my own business that helps other clients make their business better and having gone through the ups and downs and shifts of having to take chances on myself, quote and unquote, failing and not having those things work out. All the failures that I had literally has helped me become a better coach and has helped me be a coach and and literally has taught me how to build a business from the ground up over mm-hmm. and over and over again. All of who I am, my love for humans and and I understand the frustration of what it's like to 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 go after what you believe in and your dreams and your life. I get that frustration. And I know what I did to get out of it and to work through it. And so all of that frustration now becomes my strength when I show up for my clients because I know the process that worked for me. If it wasn't for all the different things I've done in the past, I wouldn't have been able to just get out of the country, take a year to slow down, really think about what I want to do, how I want to serve people through my experience, and then decide, okay, now it's time for me to really embrace my love for for helping people like live their best life and build the kind of business that feels meaningful to them. Because that's what I want for myself. You know, right. that's what I want to share for other people. So does that answer your question? Does that make sense? So it's like everything yeah. I've done has literally become the tool that opened the gate for me to, to step into this new life and my new role. What I love is that 
you are taking all this knowledge and experience that you've gained and you're becoming a tool and a resource for other businesses who are trying to do what you've done before, just like a big resource for you is one, all your experiences and two, also your business coaches. Other than the different business coaches that you've maybe worked with, what else has helped you in the process? Are there any any tangible or even not tangible thing that you would recommend as a resource to people who are now trying to learn more about themselves and maybe they can't afford a business coach and maybe they don't know where to start with what podcasts or books to look into or any. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any in particular that really, really helped you? Yes. And I could recommend them, but I feel like people are quite good at researching and just Googling and YouTubing and getting the type of content that they need to see. I think the biggest thing I can just say is like, go, go do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the best way you're going to learn. Like here is your full fucking permission to just go take a chance on yourself. Because especially if your listeners are, hello listeners, especially if you're like, in college or just graduating college, ah, like I'm going to sound like Gary Vaynerchuk, but like he's okay. He's somebody that really I resonate with and I have friends who work for him, but like I resonate with him because his process was exactly what, what I did, you know, before Gary Vaynerchuk coming into my life, which was like, I just like put one foot over the other, even though it was super fucking clumsy and scary. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've tripped and, and effed up and burnt bridges and had to do all. I've went into debt twice um, that I've, I've fully paid off having built my businesses up again. Like I ate beans and rice. I worked as a task rabbit at scrubbing bathrooms after people's parties in Brooklyn. And, and I worked as a gardener. Um, you know, I, I've just done it all to support the fact that I wanted to go out and just like do my own thing. So I think the best resource and tool is yourself. Like if that. you feel like you need to go out and, and like go seek YouTube validation and IG and you need to follow people and then go do that. If you go need, if you feel like you need to read a business book or you need to, I don't know, sign up for, you know, maybe not a business coach, but you can afford a little Instagram business course for $80 or something, you know, right? Like go do that instead of buying a new sneaker. Like just listen to what you need in your life. And at the end of the day, just trust that no matter what, everything you do, including your mistakes, especially your mistakes is going to be what you need to propel you to the next step in your life. And you're going to bring all of that. And that's going to be that special sauce that only you have that's going to allow you to do whatever you want to do. And you're totally allowed to change your mind and keep shifting and just zigzagging towards the path that, that you want. I love everything that you said just now, because I do realize that we are our best resource because when we do bank on ourselves and our experience and all of that, that is how we build confidence. And that's how we learn to not seek validation from other people. Cause I, yeah. I realize it's, it's so natural for us to, want that validation, especially from our friends to tell us like, Hey, like, it's okay. You're going to be fine. You can do this. And that's great to have that support, but I'm learning more and more how you need to just be able to do that for yourself as well. Cause if you don't believe it, no matter how many people tell you, you're not going to believe it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners. And I think that's a great place to end the episode as well. So cool. I just want to thank you so much again for volunteering your time to be here, share your story and all your insight, I think is going to help a lot of people who are listening to this right now. Thank you for having me so much. And, you know, if you have any time, just, just hit me up and, I, Emma, and I'm around. So really appreciate chatting with you. Yeah, of course. So what is the best way for our listeners to follow your journey and support what you're doing? You can just um, find me on Instagram at Kenta Thomas, or you can go to my website, which is kentathomasnowy.com, which is my full name. And that's how you can find me. And you can check out any of the resources that are there if you find them helpful, necessary. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of Dear Postgrad. Bye. Bye. Hey, Postgrad. We hope you gained some insight and inspiration from today's episode with Ken Tanawi. We invite you to turn that inspiration inward with today's challenge. Ask yourself, is my definition of success limiting me from or inspiring me to work towards a life I know deep inside I want for myself? We'd love to hear what you discover. Comment on our Instagram at Getting Grounded Community or on this episode's blog post at gettinggroundedcommunity.org. At the end of the day, what matters most are the answers you create.